Running enthusiasts like to wax poetic about how all you need is a pair of sneakers and a good heart to be a runner, but I've come to learn that this isn't exactly true. Sneakers are not an inalienable right, and neither is the tremendous amount of high-quality calories required to sustain an athlete. Food insecurity is defined as constant access to nutritious food, enough food to lead an active and healthy lifestyle. Food insecurity isn't the only obstacle for runners, though. As climate change intensifies, extreme heat will make it more and more dangerous for people of all ages to play, work, commute, and run outside. Researchers have found that historically underserved communities are disproportionately impacted by climate change-induced heat waves. Lower-income regions often lack shady green spaces, leading them to be several degrees warmer than their wealthier counterparts. On a larger scale, developing countries are far more vulnerable to the effects of climate change than the developed nations that are responsible for the majority of global greenhouse gas emissions. As climate change worsens, drought, crop failure, and extreme heat pose more of a threat than ever to developing countries. What's more, studies show that women and girls specifically bear the brunt of these climate impacts. Today, I spoke to an expert about how climate change and food security intersect with running and rights for girls. Here's my conversation with Ms. Arbora Johnson, the executive director of the Girls Gotta Run Foundation, which is a small nonprofit that empowers girls in Ethiopia through running and education. Awesome. Um, can you just give me a brief overview of that connection between running and education and how does the organization kind of view the um, interplay between those two things? Yeah, so our impact goals... Sorry, there's a weird feedback. I can. It does sound a little weird. Um, I do not know why that would be. I don't know why either. Oh well, I'll ignore it. Uh, so anyway, our, our impact goals are to keep girls in school and avoid early marriage. So to empower them to make their own life choices. Um, and the reason that running is one of the tools we use is that running is a national sport in Ethiopia and it's seen as a bit of a gender equalizer because there have been um, famous women runners coming out of Ethiopia in the same number as famous men. So it really is a tool for empowerment and Ethiopian girls um, have been using running as a way to empower themselves. Um, So we are just adding to so what we do is provide, um, we provide running equipment and we provide practices, but the really important thing about the running piece is that we have a coach. We have two locations and in each place we have a female running coach who acts as a mentor and um, really coaches the girls, not just in running and, and physical uh, exercise, but in what it means to be strong, to be healthy, to push through adversity. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also provide the practical things necessary for the girls to stay in school. So we provide school supplies, we feed them lunch, which is not offered in the schools there. Um, We provide menstrual supplies, which can often be um, a reason that girls drop out of school is they simply 
don't have the materials needed. Um, and we, you know, provide other school supplies, so notebooks, et cetera. And then we have we two other pieces that are a little um, a little ancillary, but they're part of the whole package, which is really supporting um, the girls to empower themselves. So life skills classes are one of those that once a week we provide access to information that's not readily available to girls and in the Ethiopian communities that we serve. Um, and then we have mother savings and entrepreneurship groups. Okay, yeah, that's wonderful. I, I think it's such a wonderful initiative. And, you know, as a runner myself, I I know how empowering it can kind of be. It, it really um, brings confidence to a lot of girls. And that's why we have programs like Girls on the Run here in the United States. And it kind of helps you realize um, your potential and your strength as a woman, especially, you know, navigating a society when... Uh, where, you know, that's not something that's always um, made readily apparent to girls themselves. Um, so my podcast, Changing Planet Justice, focuses on how climate change disproportionately impacts um, marginalized communities. And we know that um, women in particular um, face extreme um, impacts from climate change um, more so than um, men do. So can you speak to how climate change might impact the lives of um, women and girls in Ethiopia and what specific challenges they might face due to changing environmental conditions? Yeah, sure. I mean, so East Africa or the Horn of Africa as the region or Ethiopia is, is sometimes called, um, has been facing really um, bad drought conditions uh, on and off, but on again. There, there's been a drought the past few years and compounded with, um, there's been a lot of civil conflict in Ethiopia. And of course there's been global supply chain issues um, due to the conflict in Ukraine and elsewhere. So. The bottom line is that food insecurity has been on the rise in Ethiopia as in all of East Africa. And when that happens, we know there's there's all this data that women and girls are impacted most. I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that they're often the last to be fed. So if they t- the communities where we operate tend to have very large families, six or seven kids. And the youngest girls are always at the back of the line to get fed. The mothers will often um, feed their kid, their husband, their male kids, their female kids, and lastly themselves. Um, so that's a really direct impact, and that's um, you know very real. There's data, and I guess more specifically to our um, communities, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the women are single mothers, and so they're um, they're really trying to make um, living any way they can with, with micro businesses that we support through our savings and entrepreneurship group. And those can be something as small and simple as if we give them a loan, a $5 loan, which is not the kind of cash everyone has access to, they can buy a bag of charcoal at the market, break it into smaller pieces and resell it for a profit to people who can only afford you know, five cents worth of charcoal. So 
um, a, a small amount of support that was really amplified if you invest it in women and girls because they tend to invest it back um, in their community and in their families. So, I mean, it's really hard to see some of the challenges that these girls and women face and that are amplified by climate change as well as conflict and um, issues with local and central government, which are, you know, an issue globally. Um, but it's also pretty amazing to see the resilience and to see things like, you know, a mother taking, like I said, a $5 loan, adding her own savings, buying a chicken, and then she has eggs to sell, but also to feed her family. Mm -hmm. uh, so inflation has been around 30% in Ethiopia, including for food, especially for food which has been a real struggle um, for the women and girls that we work with. It's been a struggle for us with our budget, but um, we've, we've tried to stay really focused on making sure that we don't skimp in the providing food, which is obviously essential. Um, and if, you know, if there's things we can do, like bring shoes from the U.S. that we can get, bring, you know, shirts, bring woolen bras, we do that because food is really essential and the small investments we make in the mothers for them to um, grow their businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we see that all over the world, how climate change exacerbates food insecurity. Um, and, you know, I'm sure as athletes, um, these girls have specific nutritional needs. You know, I know that it takes a lot of food to fuel a runner. And I think that connection between running and food security and the idea that the amount of food it takes to fuel a runner is a privilege that um, not everyone has is just something that I think a lot of people have never thought about before. So I think it's amazing that your organization um, works to provide these girls and these athletes with the food that they need to be runners and just to be you know, just to be girls, just to be kids. Um, can you share, um, like, maybe a success story or an example of um, girls who have benefited from the Girls Gotta Run program and maybe become leaders or role models in their community? Yeah, I can. So why don't I share two stories? Um, I'm going to find my notes like put the names correct but um so so one is a girl um who is in our bakoji program and so this is actually uh it's a story of a mother and a girl and, and her daughter so this is one of the mothers that um i was able i was able to visit our programs both of our programs in Polo and bakoji in march and um one of the mothers I met um, talked about her older daughter. So this, this mother was very tall and she looked athletic. And it turns out that she herself had been a runner um, as when she was young and um, actually won some money through races. Um, but at this point, she was a single mother with six children. And she told the story, she told two stories. The first one she told in a rather offhand way, but we were very interested in it. And it was of her older daughter who had been in Girls Better Run Foundation 
um, several years ago and was about to graduate from Addis Ababa University, which is the best university in Ethiopia with a degree in accounting. So that was amazing. And we then we have pictures. The girl's name is um, Cisse, and the mother's name is Bazi Alamu. And she also has a current daughter uh, who's running with us. And she has younger daughters. And I think she has one son. She has six kids, five girls and a boy. Um, and with, with the um, small loans that we gave, the mother, Debbie Alamu, was actually able to build a home for her family. We had been renting, which is, you know, as here, that was, um, involves a lot of insecurity because you just don't know if you'll be asked to leave. Um, so she was able to build, you know, a simple home, but a, a home for herself and her family. So we're really proud of that, of the daughter who's graduated from university, of the daughter who's running with us now, and of the mother. Um, and then there's another girl in our other program um, in photo who was actually featured in one of our, our videos that was made years ago. Um, so her name is Lalalam. And she um, is also in university in Soto. Um, and she, it was, it was, it was touch and go for a while. Her, her uh, mother actually was married at age 14 and had her first child, Zalala, when she was 15. Um, and <coughs> um, it was not a natural place for her to keep her daughters in school. It was not the path that she had followed, but she felt really determined. And so with um, our athletic scholarship, Zalalem was able to choose to stay in school. Her mother was able to support her in that choice. Um, and she's now, uh, I think she's in her third year at the university. Um, so that's really exciting. And then there's one other girl in the Koji program whose mother died and sort of supports herself. Um, she's a really good runner, but she really wants to be a journalist. And she actually, when we were visiting, the girls had organized a party for us. And she did this interview, roundtable interview with uh, my board chair, who visited with me and me, and then our Ethiopian partners who were visiting with us. And it was amazing. She, she, um, she, has, she has academic dreams. She enjoys running and feels empowered by running but her real dream is to be a journalist and um you know she definitely needs the help but it's clear that she is very determined despite obstacles to um be really successful so i i, I hope to follow her story in the coming years because she's so i think she's currently a second year in, in high school so the equivalent of your age or something yeah, that's amazing. That's very um, similar to me, actually. I also dream of being a journalist. So um, it's really inspiring that these girls were um, are able to, you know, pursue their their dreams and are empowered by um, education. And it, it just opens so many doors. Um, lastly, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, what can listeners do to support Girls Gotta Run 
foundations work and, um, you know, help empower these girls? Yeah, so we, we of course, always need donations. Um, but I'd love to help people just start by following our work. So you can go to our website, girlsgotorun.org, and sign up for our newsletter. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. Um, we'd, love, we'd love to have more followers and have presence there. Um, our, our big fundraising events, especially for high schoolers, are um, International Day of the Girl, which just passed. Excuse me, October 11th. So we'd love to have more teams, including your cross-country team, participate um, next year. We just, um, there's various ways of doing that, but we basically have teams dedicate a practice run or one, maybe a day off when we don't have a meet and um, encourage donations and, and photos and everything. So for next year, we'd love to have that. March, um, of course, it's Women's History Month here in the U.S. There's International Women's Day um, celebrated by the United Nations in um, early mid-March. So that is also a time when we'll be looking to um, raise awareness, maybe have some events. And the other thing I would say is if people know, if you know of an athletic company or, um, you know, coffee, there's there's a big connection between coffee in Ethiopia, but the plant of coffee is, is from Ethiopia, a big part of the culture there. Um, so if there's coffee companies that are interested in doing a partnership with us for March or for International Day of the Girl or, you know, shoe companies, you know, anyone that works at Ender Armour. Um, so th- those, those would be the ask. But I think the really simple thing is follow us on Instagram, share our posts on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Love to your team. Yeah, I would. I will absolutely. I think that's an amazing idea. I can definitely speak to the coaches of my girls um, cross country and track teams about, you know, doing some sort of fundraiser. And I just wanted to mention that I have a nonprofit organization called Changing Planet Justice that addresses um, climate change and food insecurity and it kind of seeks to educate youth about these issues and um, it also provides a platform for um, young people around the globe to share how climate change is impacting their community so and they have the opportunity to be published so if you know of any girls like maybe the one who um, wants to be a journalist if she just wanted to write like you know a very short um, little personal story or news article about how climate change impacts um, her community. Um, I could um, publish that and spread the word about your organization and people can submit artwork if they don't like to write. Yeah, so one of our, in our life skills classes, one of the units is actually on the environment. Um, and I know we, we, we have definitely have some of our girls who write, um, who write, Sort of articles, but also poem. We have some poems, and yeah. we have we poems have are great drawings. too. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. Thank you so much for speaking with me today.